Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 147 of Getting It Out Podcast. That was a five-minute death metal song, just to make sure you know you're at the right place, okay? <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you lasted through a five-minute death metal song and you're still here, then you probably meant to be here, and that's good. That was a feather and bone out of Denver. The song was called Consecrated and Consumed, and it's off of their, their, their new LP, which is out now. It's called Sulfuric Disintegration. I'm probably saying these words wrong, but I think I'm right. Sulfuric Disintegration, and that's on Profound Lore. Go find that immediately. I believe it's their third LP. Uh, these guys have, uh, have gotten uh, more, more impressive as years have gone on. I remember when they just popped up, and they were playing Baltimore on one of the A389 fests years back. And they were, uh, they were nobodies, you know. Now, uh, several years later, well, they're little, little more than nobodies. They're almost somebodies because they're opening Getting It Out podcast. That's a big role to have, <laughs> if, depending on you know what you think of it, I guess. Anyway, what do we got going on in this episode? Speaking of new albums... Uh, Within the Ruins has a new album coming out. It's called Blackheart, and we're going to talk all about that on this episode in an interview with vocalist Steve Tinnen. So, let's get moving. Yeah, what's good, all you bitches and bitches? It's the illustrious hot dog back at it again with another podcast intro. He said, oh, you want to do a podcast intro for the Get It Out podcast? He said, oh, shit, I got to write a rap first, don't I? He said, no, you don't got to write a rap first. Okay, so here I sit before you in front of my podcast microphone with a ice-cold Coors Light. You can tell so by the mountains. They're blue on the can. That means you're allowed to drink it now. That's the rules with Coors Light. Like a real dad. I'm feeling like a real dad uh, doing real things. Talking to my $17 podcast microphone. $17. I bought this thing for $17, and I'm now on episode 147 with it. I think that's a pretty good deal. Um yeah, anyway, speaking of being a cool dad, I uh, showed my stepdaughter and my wife uh, the the wonderful world of West Side Story yesterday, uh, which is, in my opinion, the only musical that has ever existed, the only one worthy of ever existing. A lot of, uh, you know, dance fighting, which is what you want when, when you're looking for entertainment, of course. That's what you want. You want dance fighting and uh, sometimes crying. And you can get that all with West Side Story. And it's something that I used to watch frequently, apparently, as as a child. <laughs> I remember it nearly word for word. All the songs, for sure. Okay, I shouldn't say I remember the dialogue word for word. But I definitely remember the music and the songs. And I could sing them, for the most part, to this day. Especially Officer Krupke. Officer Krupke, I believe, as the kids say, is a bop. That's a great song. I uh, need to bring that back. Put that on the radio now or put that on a Spotify playlist. See how well it does. That's going to the top of the charts, I guarantee you. Crup you, you know. 
<laughs> it was the first time I ever watched it with subtitles on, so it was the first time I saw a lot of the dialogue, a lot of things they were saying. Uh, when I was a kid, I thought they were saying fucking, uh, but they're saying bugging in one of the songs, <laughs> which makes way more sense for, you know, a 1960s uh, family musical. Is it a family musical? Would, that, would, that, would this have been considered raunchy back in the day? It was kind of raunchy now, you know, with the murdering and all. And the, uh, that's, well, that's really it. Just with the murdering is that that's, I don't think that qualifies as raunchy. Speaking of raunchy though, uh, the election's kind of over. Not really. They're still tallying shit. What, <laughs> what the fuck? There aren't that many. There's no way they can actually still be counting things. That's fine that they are. I don't care. They can count for months. Um, I think the outcome's still the same. Um, and I gotta tell you, that uh, the reason that I air that I'm airing this interview this week is because it's kind of topical. We were talking a little bit about the election in the beginning of it, and I don't want to play that like several weeks from now and have it be way out of date. So we're only like one week out of date on this one, and that's okay. Um, but yeah, it's funny. Like so, Joe Biden uh, is at this point, you know, he's won the election. I think it's going to stick, and that's great. I, that's that's the way I wanted it to go when it came down to these two options. So for me, yay. Um, but it's all. I also realized that it's like, uh, it's like. Did you ever see the? Speaking of old movies, you watched as a kid. Did you ever see an American Tale with this little mouse named Fievel or Fifel or however you say his name? And uh, he's gonna go. To, he's coming from like England or wherever. I don't know where the fuck his his homeland is. I don't, they don't. I don't think they really covered that. Maybe they did, and I just forget. But anyway, Fievel or Fifel. Maybe he's coming from Cuba. I don't know. He's going to America, and he's really excited. And him and a bunch of mice are on this boat. And uh, they're stoked because they they think there's no cats in America. So they're coming over here and they're in this boat and they're singing the song, There are no cats in America and the streets are made of cheese or something like that. I feel like that's how we're all, we're all acting right now. Like we didn't just elect another fucking stupid politician. That's unfair. I shouldn't call them stupid because they're clearly geniuses. But, you know, it's just another guy. It's We can go back to not caring about it because we don't have this inflammatory bigot piece of shit out there uh just running his fucking mouth any chance he gets and i'm all for that you know shut him down although like i really like this whole um silent (laughs) kind of silent temper tantrum thing he's doing now and i hope it goes i hope it carries on forever please do not concede and also you know another thing i noticed um in my neighborhood i noticed it with one house and it it kind of bothered me i noticed the the trump flags are down and the bumper stickers or off his car. And I don't think that's fair. I think you should have to wear that shit. I think you should have to continue to wear your red hat. Uh, just for like a year or something. You know, just so just so we know. Like, so we don't forget that you were with that. Like, you know. And don't be ashamed. You've been so proud. So don't be ashamed now. Alright? Hang on to that. Okay, so before I fall way too far down my unqualified rabbit hole... Um, I'm just going to get to what I do know how to do, and that's bring you compelling, interesting, and, well, not really thought-provoking, but uh, it depends if you like music, particularly heavy music, uh, interviews with uh, with musicians. This time around, as I mentioned in the intro, is Steve Tinnen, the vocalist for Within, Ru- Within the Ruins. Uh, they got a new record called Blackheart. It's coming out on E1 Music, E1 Heavy. E1 Heavy. It's particularly heavy music on E1. And and it's coming out November 27th, I believe. So you've got plenty of time 
to get yourself familiar with them, but I'm going to help with that. I'm going to play you a song here. It's called Deliverance off of Blackheart. Uh, there's a video out for it. Go find that on YouTube. Uh, you're going to listen to the song Deliverance, and then you're going to listen to my interview with Steve. So how about that? Let's do it all right now.
How are you? I'm 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 getting better as the day goes on. I think. <laughs> I think I think so too. <laughs> I was just uh, well, I don't give a fuck what side you stand on, but I was just uh, watching Fox News because that's been the funny one today, and uh, they were just doing some <laughs> press some press conferences, and I'm I'm in Pennsylvania, and uh, some fucking douchebag is. Is talking about how he officially declares Pennsylvania Trump country, and it's just really funny to me that they're losing their fucking minds right now. Oh, it sounds like we're on the same side, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I assume so. But you know, yeah. you never fucking know. Uh, it's 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 pretty safe to assume, especially with musicians and stuff. But you, you never know, dude. I mean, like even if you don't like Trump per se, I mean, I could still see people that lean Republican because of you know tax reasons or whatever the fuck. But some, it's just it's it's. It just—it seems like you could assume because it seems so obvious, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah, but fucking, uh, you know, I figured out through, it took me, I guess, four years um, that I don't fucking know. I don't know where anybody stands until they open their fucking mouth anymore. And uh, unfortunately, usually when that's, Uh, when it's a surprise, it's a disappointment. Oh, yeah, man. And and a lot of people don't have any problem opening up their mouth anymore, especially the way the past four years have gone. Yeah, Yeah, well, hopefully... Maybe I don't know. Whatever, whatever the result is right now, I'm fucking laughing my ass off. So, so there we go. Oh yeah, you know he's, he's scared, <laughs> dude. These people are sweating <laughs> like the the anchors and the the lawyers. They are fucking losing it. It is hilarious. Um, anyway, I mean he's calling. He's, he's trying to get all these votes. The counting stopped. I'm trying to keep up like throughout the day. I've had a busy ass day, but I'm trying to like keep up as much as I can. Uh, he's. I think he's scared. I think he's scared. That's why he's trying to like get the voting stopped. It's like okay, if you want to stop now, that's fine. But you're losing the popular vote and the electoral college <laughs> right. right now. So if we stop counting, you still lose, dude. Right, and so. that's it's funny that what they're saying. Uh, they were just Rudy Giuliani was just saying he wants to do something, whatever. I want to do this in Pennsylvania. And like, fine, then go do that in Nevada too, because now you lose. Now, if you do that right now, if you shut it down, then you fucking mm-hmm. lost, and it's two seventy, and you lost. Anyway, I've I got yeah. I got to admit, and like, and uh, uh, I I've never given a shit this much about an election before, and it took all the it took all the garbage. It took him for me to give a shit too, which is bad on my side. But whatever, that's just honesty. Dude, I get it too, though. Like that's just, like I didn't really care about politics too too much up until like four years ago when it kind of came down to this. I was just kind of getting my feet wet with politics, and I'm still I'm still very green and new to how a lot of things actually even work. But I've got my opinions on a lot of shit. But it sucks that it took something being this bad for you to care about how politics are done and need to be done. So I, I'm with you too. Like, I, it sucks that like, I mean, you care now. I care now, and but it sucks that things had to be so shitty for you to care. Like, why can't why can't things just be like, oh, I have to choose between all of these good things or all of these good things? Uh, <laughs> no, it's either like all these shitty things need to change. And so, you know, I, I'm I'm with you. I I, I totally get it. Well, I'm I'm, I'm wondering how much my how much my attention span is going to stay because, like, I was saying, I was talking to my wife earlier, and I was like, I think. I think what I'm looking forward to is just uh, ignoring the president again. Like, like, oh, yeah. you know, like <laughs> I don't give a fuck what he does because it's you know it never seems to affect me, which I know is totally naive of, shit. But yeah. yeah, whatever. It it is, but in a lot of cases you're not wrong though. There's some things that just don't really affect you, and it's like you know what I kind of miss not having. In a way though, you're not worried about it. You're not you're not having to worry like exactly yeah what riots are coming next or what anti science beliefs are coming next or what <laughs> racist bullshit is coming next. Like I don't want to have to worry about these things. I'd rather just live my goddamn life and not be stressed out all the time. Like 
Yeah, I'm 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 happy I'm happily ignorant, you know. Yeah, I'd rather be ignorant about it. I'd rather not have to know. <laughs> hmm. But anyway, so um, yeah, sure. Obviously, I mean, obviously, we had to talk a little bit about that because that's what's fucking happening right now. But uh, but the the the, <laughs> the the whole thing here, and what I'm talking, what I'm, what I'm calling you to talk about, obviously, is is yeah. your band within the ruins and your new record, Blackheart, which comes out what November twenty right. seventh. Correct. Yeah, November twenty seventh, Black Friday. Ooh, will it be on yeah. sale? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it'll be. I think it'll be what albums normally cost. But uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe maybe there'll be Black Friday sales. You know, it could be. Yeah, you know. I'm actually not sure. <laughs> That's something I should figure out. <laughs> Stumped you on the first one. Good. Um, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> great. <laughs> so uh, so um, so this is the band's what sixth album. Fifth or sixth? Uh, uh, yeah, six. Six, and, but it's and but it's Dave your first, first, right? It's my first. Yeah, uh, I've been in for a little over two years now, uh, and within I think within six months or so, seven eight months, something like that. Within the first year, we put out a couple singles called uh, "World Undone" and "Resurgence" that were to give people a taste of how I sound and uh, kind of introduce them to the new guy. And then shortly after those is when Joe started writing. Uh, the writing process for this record has been pretty pretty long, but uh, but yeah, my first full length with the band though, yeah. So it's kind of a kind of a big chapter here. Okay, well, so what's what's your history with within the ruins? Then, like, where did they come on to your radar? Uh, so our bassist Paolo was we, me and him were in a band together for almost a decade called Silence the Messenger. Uh, so we have already known each other for a long time. And then probably around 2009, uh, Ruins was touring off the first record, Creature. And uh, anytime they would play in San Antonio, we would hop on the show. Or if they played anywhere in the area, we would either hop on or just go hang out. And like our bands became friends like right away, uh, you know, 10, 11 years ago. And probably i think it was around 2015 16 they uh were losing a bass player and Powell played guitar in in our old band but uh, joe hit him up and was like hey can you play bass for uh all-stars tour that we have coming up and so he did that and ended up actually joining the band silence the messenger fell apart because it was just a bunch of behind the scenes stuff and then i was actually just kind of sitting around for a couple of years and in the in the dead center of a of a big like five week US headliner the band was doing uh, Tim had to go to the hospital and uh, had to go home so Joe Joe was I think they were driving I forget who was driving but Joe was like fuck do we know any singers and Paolo was like we know Steve he's just sitting at home right now and Joe was like what the fuck why didn't we think of this sooner <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> so they were doing a couple shows um after Tim had to leave and before I flew out, I think I was, it was in California somewhere. Um, <clears throat> they did a few shows, like a couple guys from the tour package filled in and just, or they played some instrumental sets. And, uh, I did the last half of that tour. I just put together a binder real quick of the set list and typed out the songs and was just studying. Like I was already familiar with everything because our bands were friends and I, I was, even though we were like friends, I was still a fan of the music anyway. So I was sure. already familiar with a lot of the tr tracks, but it's different when you actually have to perform them and learn all the details and stuff. Um, you could drink a beer and like just watch them live and be like, yeah, yeah, cool, 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 cool. And then 
But then when you have to actually learn parts, you're like, oh, I had no idea this is what was being said or how it was, what the, uh, where things were enunciated, that kind of thing. So yeah, yeah. I had to learn, had to, had to, I think I learned like 10 or 11 songs, or at least was attempting to within a few days. And I just finished that tour and the holidays kind of came and went. And then the start of that next new year, Joe was like, Hey, uh, so how do you feel about doing this full time and hopping on board? I think we're kind of at that place where it's time to part ways with him and we're ready to do something different. And it kind of just makes a lot of sense. And at the time I was getting used to the idea of not being in a band anymore. I was kind of getting used to that, you know, quote, normal life or whatever. And I was kind of just starting to slowly accept the idea that maybe my time in bands has come and went, but, uh, it took me a little bit, but then I realized that uh, I would kind of, I was hesitant, but then I was like, I need to do this. I'll, I'd be really mad at myself down the road if I don't. So I joined the band and now it's like kind of a, <laughs> a super group almost like, so me and Paolo from our old band are now half of within the ruins now. So it turned out you really couldn't ask for an easier transition into a band. Uh, it's it's been great, man. That's awesome. But you but you got geographically, you guys are pretty far apart, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's not completely awful, but like Paolo and I are here in San Antonio, Texas, and then Joe and Drummer live out in Westfield, Massachusetts. So we're about halfway across the country. So it makes the it makes the writing situation interesting. Not bad because Joe Joe will just. Joe writes all the tracks and puts them in a Dropbox and then I would write to him and then we would just fly out to his studio and record them. Um, but we're, yeah, we we're, we're split up, but it, we'd make it work just fine. It's, yeah. I guess it's, 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 it's so much easier to do that these days. Yeah. Technology makes it pretty simple. I know people doing it across country, you know, so I guess halfway across the world isn't too, or halfway across the country. Oh, sorry. I know people doing it halfway across the world. So halfway across the country, I guess, isn't too bad. Yeah. Um, Especially nah. if you got access to the shit that you need, uh, it's it's a it's it's real interesting talking to like you know I always find this similar things like this when I talk to younger guys and I talk to a lot of older guys too and yeah. and and they 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 like accept it and they use it but it's with this uh, reluctance and like stubbornness that it's this not the way it's supposed to be you know holding on to something the way it was and it's uh, it's, it's weird the way that you know some people embrace it and others don't oh yeah joe's very much about like well, i mean we all are we're all none of us are like old heads or anything but like we're also not super we're not like in our early 20s or anything anymore so you know we're all like early to mid thirties and, but still kind of right in the middle, but like very much accepting of new technology and always trying new stuff and finding ways to make shit easier or better. We're, we're very about it. Right. In our band. So. Well, what, within the ruins has been, it. has been around for much longer than I thought. Like I, I knew the name, right. And I was familiar with the music, Yeah. but when I look back, it's like, fuck it, 2003, like, you know, at least that's what the internet yeah. tells me <laughs> is when it, when it, when it got started. And, uh, I would have never guessed, um, but going back and, you know, I went through the last few, re- well, the, well, I went through all the records and, um, right. the sounds certainly has changed, but it's not been like this giant, uh, there hasn't been these giant leaps. There's just been this, this cool evolution and, uh, this, what well, I guess, I don't know what, I don't, I don't know what fucking the correct genre tag is for this. And I hate trying to figure that out, but <laughs> don't you, even worry about yeah, it. no, 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 I, I, I've been losing sleep over it. So um <laughs> no, no i'm kidding uh but 
but you know, there's the progressive nature of it. But there's also, you know, the, the, the I hate the term deathcore, even though I don't think there's a, I don't know, because there's some negative connota- connotations with that, or at least there used to be. Um, yeah, there are. I mean, it's kind of like a, a generally accepted term, but when somebody says it, you know exactly what they're talking about, though. So. Right, but I think a, I think when people has, say it, it's it's like it's like the way people used to, and now it's kind of flipped. But people used to say it, when you used to get called new metal, it was like, oh shit, they're new metal, and you know that, that was like an instant like death blow. Mm-hmm. And I think deathcore was like that for a little bit. And I think that's turning too, and people aren't looking at it that way. I, I don't know, pointless, but yeah. No, yeah, but I get I get what you mean though. The whole subgenre thing is annoying, but. It has its uses, and I mean, it's kind of how, with the introduction of the internet, it's just how people divide things up and want to, what they want to label it as, and like, I, I keep up with it, because I want to, I, you know, I understand, but like, do I give a shit about it? No. Right. And to be, now, to, to be fair, if you, we're not a new metal band, but if you had said new metal, dude, I'm a giant new metal kid, that's what I grew up on, so like, new metal's my shit, but... I, I would have been offended. <laughs> I, I was just I, I was just going through my um, I've, I'm on this quest to listen to all my CDs, which is going to be an endless quest, and it's a really foolish uh, thing for me to try to do. But I was moving my stuff back in from the storage unit. Uh, I, I just did this renovation of my house, so I'm moving stuff around, and I'm like, all right, now I'm going to go through these CDs and listen to every single CD I own, which is it's got it's a couple <laughs> thousand, right? So I did this with my records earlier in the earlier in the year, which was. That's only a maybe like two thousand. So that was manageable. And it took, but it took me uh, from March to July, and that's while working from home, you know. So it's it's not hard to do. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. my point is that I that I came across this whole bin of new metal CDs from you know the late nineties, early two thousands, and I just finished going through them probably like yesterday. So I'm with you on the on, oh, wow. on the new metal. On the new metal. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. What's yeah. what's your what's your deep cut for new metal? Who's your who's your unknown new metal favorite? My unknown new metal favorite? Yeah, like what's your most which 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 new metal band do you think didn't get enough love? Ooh, okay. Um Oh, there's, there's a, oh, a band called Twisted Method out of Florida. I know the name, but I can't I don't um, think I've had, had any CDs. Okay, so if you if you look them up, um if you looked them up, they'd be your very typical like new metal, but like to the next level. Like they had the look totally down: spiked hair, ball chains, necklaces, um, <laughs> painted fingernails. But like if you Google a picture like uh, of like pr- like old promos, they only had one record out. I think it was called Cape Coma or Escape from Cape Coma. Uh, the uh, one of the dudes, the singer of that band, actually, I want to say I could be wrong on this, but I should know i think the singer of that band plays guitar and dope now okay yeah um but they, they only put out the one record they had like at least one Ozfest appearance uh, i forget what year it was but they only had the one record and they did some stuff here and there and i got to see them live one time at a venue in utah it was it was sick but didn't get enough love and they actually had a really sick sound it was fast but the the singer actually was actually a really good vocalist um cool screams had really great melodies and harmonies also like just just great uh but some you know shit goes the way it goes and especially with new metal if you weren't corn or lint biscuit or slipknot <laughs> you know lincoln part you know then it was tough you know so they were one of those lower tier bands that i felt like man this is a solid new metal band just didn't get the right push i don't think yeah there's 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 got to be several of them they had there was a brief window oh, but 
they, oh, you yeah, know. there's a there's a bunch there's a bunch dude <laughs> wait what would you what would you say give me give me yours you gotta have one too i'm sure oh i don't i don't know if they didn't get the prop i mean there's all right uh, i'm looking i'm looking here um endo was one that i really liked um oh yes endo yeah man. Uh, that, that second record like the first one with that first record was very new metal and the second one was more of like hard rock but i actually liked that second record better was it songs for the for the uh, rest, restless or what is it? Hold on. Uh, I only had evolve. Uh, okay, you only had evolve. Yeah, evolve yeah. was cool. It's very new metally, like electronicy, new metal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Once that second record happened, songs for the restless is what I had it right. I checked. You know, I'm check. I'm looking now. They're, they're sitting on my desk. There was there was uh there's some that I thought that I thought was good back then, and now I listen to it and realize they fucking suck really bad. <laughs> like they're really bad. And like one one of them, for example, Darwin's waiting room. It's not. It's not good. It's, it's just not good. <laughs> yeah. Like I can't even defend it. I'm like wow, I liked that. Huh. <laughs> oh man, good call on the Indo though. That's fun. I, I. That's one of the bands that I like. If if I ever get into a new metal conversation, I I'll, I'll usually bring up Indo eventually. <laughs> we'll get there. See how see how deep somebody actually did go into new metal. You know, I was that kid for sure, man. I was always digging, trying to find stuff. It's funny. We, now, now the time's going on. We can all come out. We can, we, we can go stand in the sun now again and be like, we, yes, we are the people. It's like, all right. Here's this thing about this, and I think you're gonna. I think a lot of like uh, late two thousands metalcore, deathcore, all that stuff is gonna have the same kind of thing. Like where, like we mentioned before, new metal was shit on for so long after it was popular. But the fucking yeah. genre sold millions upon millions. It was like the last. It's like the last fucking kind type of yeah. music to sell. Mil- it's like, it's like everybody shits on Kid Rock, but that motherfucker is like three million times platinum. Who bought the fucking records yeah, if everybody hates them? Dude, I bought the, that Devil Without a Cause album. I mean, I think I had you know, it. I don't know. Like, I, I, I might have. Like, I disagree with like all of his like politics and shit, but like sure. as an actual musician, the dude, the dude can pull off new metal. He can pull off country. He can pull off like rap. Like he can do a lot of stuff, man. He's actually a talented dude. Whether you, you know, think he's trash or not is a separate issue. But if you separate the musician from his like personality, the dude's actually a talented guy. And, and new metal did get a lot of shit, but like, see, and I'm sure you noticed this too. Um, I'm glad we're having this conversation. <laughs> I, I just, I'll free, I'll nerd out about new metal all day long, man. But like, I grew up on it. I loved it. And it's what inspired me to start singing because I was listening to guys like John Davis and Corey Taylor and Chester Bennington and stuff. And like, just, I fell in love with the anger, but the, the raw grittiness that those guys brought to the table, but they could sing well at the same time and go back and forth. I loved it. And then after the, the craze kind of ended, it was like cool to shit on new metal and be like, Oh, you fucking listen to blah, blah, blah. And like, I was always that guy that was like, yeah, man, I still listen to that. I still think it's cool. Like it's not the current wave of what's going on in heavy music, but I still like it. I still enjoy it. And now all the kids that grew up listening to new metal have incorporated it into metalcore and deathcore, And it's yeah. just, they all grew, they all grew up on it. And if they're in a band now, they're like, Oh, we can bring it back. And like after it was, not cool and now it's cool again it's like i always thought it was cool i mean it's <laughs> i like that it's kind of made a comeback because it's just put a new spin on what's going on currently and i'm about it but for all those people that used to like talk shit about it and then just ride the wave now like it's like it, like dude whatever man i was i was always going to cd short cd shops and buying albums and sitting in my room and just looking at the 
CD booklets and shit, like nonstop. Just, I was super about it. I'm not going to ever deny that I listened to new metal or ever talk shit about it. It had, had its issues, but I took it for what it was and I fell in love with it. Whatever. That's no, I, you're absolutely right, and and I I know for myself, I I shunned it at one point, but I also noticed that I never got rid of the CDs, you know, and and yeah, now and exactly. it's it's funny, did. it's funny that you say like looking through the through the CDs because as I've been doing this, right, I've been looking through the like the liner notes of all these CDs as I do it, and like I fucking rem- like I remember like page for page these booklets because of how much I used to. I used to look through them, and I was actually having a conversation with my wife yesterday. Kind of, you know, rolled this into that, um, where I was talking. We were talking about the like when I was in my room as a kid, I wasn't doing anything um, that was, I don't know, like suspicious because I wasn't on the fucking internet or anything. I didn't have a computer. I didn't have a phone that could get on the internet. All I was doing, like everybody knew what I was doing in my room because I was just listening to music loudly and looking through CDs. Like that was the whole, that was the whole thing. Yeah. And, and that's, that's my new metal years. I think, I think mostly that's, not all, think, but mostly. No, it's exactly what I was doing. I didn't ever like do drugs or drink. When I, was, I was never that kid that was like, I need to fuck around with, with weed and I need to sneak around and drink booze like i just didn't i never got into it i had like a couple friends that liked it but I, it was never my thing it just was i just didn't like it at the time like i'm just a drinker now i'm not i don't do anything else but when i was a kid though yeah i didn't do anything else in my room man I, you could i had a silver sony boombox that i just constantly had something playing on and i was sitting around reading the booklets all the time because i appreciated it and i would my whole room was decorated with pictures and posters from circus magazine and <laughs> same I thing unfolded Circus yeah, and, and Hip Parader. CD booklets. Yeah, exactly, man. And I, I was, I was just so about it. Like it just consumed me. And you're a teenager, so you want to like have your shit all around you, you know. And I did. I had the music booklets all along my the edge of the walls, you know. Unf- like I had everything, man. I was just a total new metal nerd, I guess you could say. Really, <laughs> I, I'm right there. I'm, I'm right there with you, man. <laughs> you know, the one thing I, I'm thankful for in it, from that era, though, is that my mom never let me dress like a dipshit. Like, like she would let me buy band T-shirts and stuff, but she didn't like if if I was like I want a pair of Jenkos, she's like, nope, it's not fucking happening. Uh-huh. It just like and now like back then I was like that, that was a bummer, but now it's like hell yeah, thank you, mom. Now there's no pictures of me yeah. looking like a jackass from back then. My, <laughs> my parents let me uh, like like uh, to it to a degree. I didn't take it to an extreme, but I had a couple pairs of like trip pants from Hot Topic with the zippers and. Um, I would go back and forth from wearing like skater clothes to sometimes goth clothes. Like I would wrote, like I was very, at the same time I was super into new metal. I was also re- getting really big into pop punk. So I was getting into Blink-182 and Newfound Glory and some 41 and stuff. So I was kind of teetering and you had, I was trying to find a balance between like, you know, there's a, like, you could dress like, like a Fred Durst kind of skater new metal, or you could dress gothic new metal. Like there's, you know, it had a yeah. clothing <laughs> it's had a range. Find yeah. a balance between yeah, and so I, I kind of did both, but I do have a few old pictures of me in like baggy T-shirts with like flame bracelets and like a ball chain <laughs> necklace and stuff and spiked hair. I did it. I mean, I, had, I I fucking went for it, but they didn't let me take it super super far. But they let me experiment and kind of find myself though. So I'm always appreciative, you know, to them of letting me kind of find my own path about it though. No, nah, it's cool too, and and uh, you know, it's as like now as a parent, it's weird where you want to try and uh, like like I don't know how. I'm I'm not to that point yet, right? But you want to 
like you you want to encourage your kids to be themselves, but at the same time you don't want them to, I don't know, go too, too far. far. Yeah, and it's like, well, how do you yeah. fucking? Where do you find it? And like, I don't know. You just have to. It just has to happen. Yeah, it, yeah. It kind of just does, and you kind of just have to. Like, I, I'm not a parent, uh, uh, but uh, I would imagine like that's. I've wondered the same thing because my parents probably at certain times were probably sitting back, being like, "Are we making the right choice here?" But like. All I was just, I was just a kid that loved music. Like I said, I didn't do drugs or drink or anything. I just, yeah. I just loved music and bands and shit. And that's what I dove into. So they were probably walking a fine line with it, but like, he's not causing any harm. Just he's finding himself. He's a teenager or whatever. So I would imagine probably doing something along those same lines with my kid. Right. Right. Yeah. When, yeah. You know, when the time's right. That's the fucking thing of parenting. You figure it out on the fly. Cause you know, how else are you supposed to have any experience? Anyway, let's talk, let's go back to talking about your yeah. music instead of, Hey, yeah, the so music that yeah, we liked when we were there, teenagers. <laughs> um, so, all good though, man. All good. yeah, yeah, no, I'm all for it. So, so this being your first album with uh, Within the Ruins, and uh, like you say you do the, you did those other two singles. Um, how involved are you in the writing process? As far as are you are you handling all the lyrics, or, or is does, do other people give you input? What's going on there? Um, yeah, it's pretty much all me. I came. Uh, I came prepared with a bunch of stuff that I wrote uh, previously that I, I just, I keep a note section in my phone for any time I come across ideas in my head, even if I'm like driving around or something like I've, I've literally pulled over into like a parking lot and jotted out my idea. You know, if I come up with a cool phrase or a cool concept, I'll write it down so I don't lose it. You know, I've learned that lesson the hard way. Uh, like, I think I can remember a cool idea that I had. And then the next day I'm like, what the fuck was I thinking yesterday? That was super cool. And I don't know what it is anymore. So I'll always write down my stuff. So I, I came fully prepared with a bunch of things that I had to get off my chest and ideas that I had. And so as far as lyrics go, it's it's all me. Uh, but, you know, stuff changes a little bit here and there when you actually hit the studio. Sure. Like, oh, let's change this phrasing to this or or maybe we can add this or for some of the for some of the choruses. Uh, I very much was like, OK, here's I wrote down a very I like to leave the choruses kind of open if I know it's potentially going to be something with some like some singing um i try and keep it pretty basic on my end so the actual the clean singing can uh can shine through um so like i'll kind of work out a chorus with joe and paolo you know around those parts of the songs but uh joe was actually just pretty pretty pumped that i was coming in with full songs and uh, pretty much ready to go. Like I, I didn't want to get to the studio and be stressed out and like have to come up with shit on the spot. I'm just, I'm a, l- a lot more prepared when it comes to stuff like that. I will sit down and pick out a song from the Dropbox that like Joe has put in there and I'll set up either a little, like a little Bluetooth speaker and just kind of have a pen and paper out and pick what lyrics I think actually fit the tone of the song. And I'll just start writing and I'll figure out my phrasing and, have the song as prepared as possible. And then when I get there, I'm just like, I'll just do a, like a, a rough take of what I had in my brain. And so the, so it's a skeleton kind of put together. And then Joe's like, okay, I see what you did here. So what you did here, blah, blah, blah. And very little of it was uh, changed. I mean, you like some stuff will change here and there. Uh, it's never going to be exactly what you wrote down specifically. That's just not how that works. But right. uh, lyric, lyric wise, but yeah, it's, it's all me. I had shit I wanted to say. And, um, I got it out. So yeah, yeah, that's great. And when when could, you handle you do you got a you've got a big range yourself. Do you do all the cleans or is that also Paulo? 
Seth Palo, he does all the cleaning. He does all the cleaning. I can sing. Yeah, I, I can sing, like, from sitting around in my basement listening to new metal bands. Like, right. I was streaming along to, like, L- Linkin Park and, like, dudes like Chester that knew how to sing. And so I was kind of teaching myself without knowing it back then how to hit notes and do it. So I kind of have inadvertently been doing it for a while. Like, but I honestly kind of prefer if, like, Paolo likes to sing. He does a lot of cool piano and acoustic stuff on his own time. Uh, and he he always wanted to sing in our old band. Um uh, so this is a good time for him to, to shine through and actually let that happen. So I'm actually like super cool with him taking the reins on that. And, uh, like if I have an idea in my head, like I can bounce it back and forth with him. So that's cool that we're both musically inclined to do that. But Paolo does all the, all the cleans though on the record. Yeah. Well, it's, it sounds like you guys as a band are all, um, very proficient at what you're at, at your, at your skills, at, you know, as far as. I don't know. You can hear it in the songs, and you, it sounds like you can yeah. hear it in. I can hear it in the confidence you all have in each other to just do your part and do it well. There's there's a a few uh, instrumental tracks in well more than a few instrumental tracks in within the ruins history. When yeah. when you're doing a, a live set, do you guys incorporate a lot of those? I know live live shows are you know who the fuck knows when that's going to happen again. But when you're playing live, yeah. do you do a lot of instrumentals? And what do you do if you do? Um, well, like, not usually. So Joe does have the the Ataxia series that everybody loves, and uh, I'm super about it too. But usually when you're doing, um, like, say say you're not headlining and you're just, you know, in the middle of the tour package somewhere or, you know, what have you, you're getting, you're getting five or six songs and you're not going to use an instrumental track in a five or six song set. Right. But the headliner that I hopped on, they did a... A really cool thing where he took pieces of all the ataxias and made like a i think it was like seven and a half minute medley on that tour so r- kind of right in the middle of the set there's like a seven and a half minute break where they he he just took sections from each ataxia from each record and frankensteined them together and made it all fit uh to what he, he was calling the ataxia medley and they were promoting it uh, and everything because people all people love those tracks and he was like, we need to do something special for this headliner. And he, so at that, on that particular run, yeah, they had put together a, an instrumental piece. But uh, what I would do is just kind of walk off stage for, <laughs> for a little bit and just kind of, kind of chill, which honestly helped me out a lot because I was doing 10, 11 songs every night and stuff that I wasn't familiar, like didn't have um, up in my head, you know. Uh, like muscle memory like with my old band it was all muscle memory because i wrote i wrote all those songs i could i performed them in the studio i performed them live i could do it sober drunk whatever like i it was all my shit like i knew it so but with learning all the ruin stuff like that's you know as even being a fan though it's not my material so it's not stuck in my head you know so i was appreciative of the time (laughs) that i would get to uh take a take a sit real quick during that medley and kind of go over my binder notes real quick and uh, when I was still trying to learn, um, I bet, and that's why I asked. Because I, I, I've yeah. like I've I sang for a band briefly for like a year, whatever. We were only around for a very short time, and uh, number one, I hated it. Well, I wanted to love it, but I hated it because I was awful at it. But it's so fucking hard. It's not fun. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't enjoy it at all. And like, and it, but it was. It's such a pain in the ass sometimes. So. I'm sure, and it's and I realize I have the pessimistic attitude, but 
but uh but I, re- I realize it must be nice to have a have a break and especially when and your band can more than handle it on their own to mm-hmm. to be able to go off and and do something like that and and when your fans want to see it yeah they want to see it and plus like at that when i hopped on that tour i was sitting like silent semester had been broken up for uh over a year and a half or so almost two years at that point so i wasn't playing shows at the time so i was getting my voice back and like physically getting back into show shape you know and yeah uh so i was very appreciative of doing having a break in the middle of like a you know 50 hour minute hour long set that i was not used to playing (laughs) so i i would i would enjoy i would enjoy every second of that break during the medley for sure Hmm. yeah i don't blame you um I've seen, I see for this record, you guys already have, what did, did we mention it's called Blackheart? I don't know if we said that yet. The record's called mm-hmm. Blackheart. But um, you yep. uh, you guys have put out two videos for this already, at least two that I've seen, Deliverance and the title track, Blackheart. Um, is, there, did, yeah. is there a theme going on through this thing? Did I see that right, or am I imagining something here? <clears throat> oh, you mean like like uh, like visual things? I feel videos? like there was the the, 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 the key, at least, was in both videos. Yeah. Okay, all right, so I didn't make right. that up? Nope. No, you did not. All right. <laughs> uh, no, you did not. No, and I appreciate you actually taking time to notice, and I think people will figure it out as time goes on, but uh, I've seen a couple comments here and there, like what's the, like especially when Just Deliverance was out, the only thing like that you could see, like the, that key was the visual in that in that whole video, but nobody really knew what it was. Yeah. And then you see the key again in the Blackheart video. Um. Yeah, there, there's kind of a theme, and there's like also the like blood and black uh, black goo going on there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ties ties in <clears throat> ties in also with the with the Blackheart video and the third one for Devil and Me. It's kind of connected there as well. Okay. The key the key um, the key, if you look, is actually there's a few of them on the on the album artwork. Uh, the guy that's on the front there, he's got one that he's dropping out of his hand and then there's a like two or three in the on the ground by his feet um and he's got a cage on his head which is just uh representing being trapped in your own head with your own thoughts and not feeling like you can really escape and you're kind of just stuck and the keys are representative of the multiple attempts to try and get out of that um so we so we use the key we try to keep a lot of the same same elements in each video from the album artwork and have it all kind of tie together and not just be like here's some songs with album artwork it doesn't really match that you know blah 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 like it's it's thought out and we you know i wanted the stuff to be uh because the songs are a lot of the songs are all connected except for maybe a couple of them um they they relate to each other and stem from a lot of them stem from the title track blackheart uh but yeah you're not to answer your question yeah you're not you're not incorrect. The, uh, there's, there's a theme going on there. Yeah, it's connected. Yeah. Good. And I wish Thanks. I I wish I had seen it on the album artwork. So I have seen the album artwork, but this is part of my problem with lis- listening to music uh, digitally is that I just see it on my phone, you know. So I don't really yeah get it. I can't it's get in there and yeah and and check it out. Um, but you're not sitting in your room with a booklet yet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, but oh, so so watching that that Blackheart uh, video, uh, what were you drinking and were you really drinking? Um, the beer I was drinking was a uh, a stout, I believe. I honestly couldn't tell you which one. Uh, it was a couple months ago, <laughs> yeah, but it was a stout. It was a Tinbridge stout, um, and he slid over Jameson 
to me in those the, the couple shots that I do take in the video. Um, yeah, it's all it's all real. Um, it's all real. I for a couple reasons. One, I wanted it to be real. Uh, I didn't want it to look like oh he's drinking, you know, dyed water or chocolate yeah, milk yeah. or something stupid, or you know, and I wanted to like look like like what's better than real booze? You exactly. Know, use the booze. Yeah. Um, but I, I think kind of like also method acting in a way too, because the idea behind that video is that I'm drinking because of what I have going on in my own head and I'm overdoing it and, uh, get kicked out because of that. And, um, and drinking was a big part of, uh, some of the stuff that I was going through is just, I was doing a lot more than I should. And I was using it as a coping mechanism and, uh, it's in there for a reason. And, uh, I wanted it to, to seem real and look real and, what also helped with that was that that shot was done at like 10:30 in the morning uh, after <laughs> after a long day of doing two videos the day before uh, I was up late um, it was just a long day in general then I was up late the night before had to wake up early because we had to fly out later that day so we shot that uh, scene pretty early so I was tired so the way you see me like looking kind of hungover and tired I absolutely was <laughs> and I wanted to add the actual alcohol on top of that. So I like your real. commitment. And then two, yeah, I mean, I did. I, like for like getting when there's the shot of me getting thrown thrown out into the street. I did that like I think five or six times. Like I I wanted to really get thrown down, take a tumble, have it look real. You know, I mean, I I don't care if I get hurt. Kind of like I mean, not seriously hurt, but like if I get scratched up or beat up or whatever. Like I don't really care. I want it to look good. Yeah. So I so I was yeah kind of like uh, pretty committed to it. And then, but also too, like I don't think anybody would be like watching a within the ruins video i think it's pretty widely known that we're drinkers so um i don't think anybody i don't think anybody would believe it if we uh uh used fake fake liquids <laughs> in the shot so i i think i think people just poo poo it if that were the case i'm like let's just put put beer in the glasses man and then we like some of the guys sitting on the side were like uh, really just Joe Paolo and Joe's brother. You can kind of see Joe's brother, Nick, in one of the shots. He's one of the extras kind of close to me, I think. Um, just They had some beers, too, while they were just kind of in the background of some of the shots. But uh, it was like, just, just make it real. Just put real beer in there. So, yeah, man, went for it. <laughs> Super went for it. Well, I appreciate that. That's that's the way it should be, especially drinking Jameson yeah. at 10, 10 in the morning. I mean, oh, yeah. yeah that's, no breakfast either. Yeah. That, was, that, was <laughs> that is your breakfast, though. <laughs> That was breakfast. It was. So, so, uh, well, I appreciate the whole cohesiveness of this, of the, this whole record. And it sounds like there's been a lot of thought put into not only the, the sound, but also the aesthetic and obviously the videos and if everything's going to follow this through line. Um, so yeah. this, 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 I, I'd imagine this is the biggest record you've ever done. So what, <laughs> what do you, what do you want people to take away from their listen of Blackheart? Um, it's, I just, I want, what I want is for people to, if possible, understand that like, not only that I was going through stuff, but that people go through stuff. And it's that same feeling I got when I was a kid listening to, to new metal. Like those guys probably were going through some stuff too. And they wanted to write about it and connect with people. And like, I connected with it. I felt something deeper than just listening to a song on the radio. Like I, I felt the emotion that they were putting into the tracks and I always appreciated that and loved it as a kid. And I've always wanted to give that back. So to me, I didn't want to write 
things that didn't mean anything to me because then I wouldn't, at least right now anyways, I, I don't know what the second record is going to be like, but I hope it's, I hope I don't have to write this record again. I'll tell you that. But, um, <clears throat> but I want, I want people to at least in some way feel connected, whether they agree with being sad or they agree with or identify with being angry about stuff. I mean, there's a lot of shit to be angry about right now. And I mean, uh, there's, there's some tracks that you could, uh, that you could be applying to your own, your own life. So, um, I understand that it's, different because i'm the new guy and you've been listening to tim for over a decade and uh i get it um just like you know listen to it, i guess with an open mind and be uh it's it's the most angriest personal thing that the band has done before um so it's from a writing and even musical level it's it's darker than anything that within the ruins has put out on previous albums so um it's going to be a bit of a change but uh, uh people seem to be accepting it um with pretty much open arms and being really positive for the most part. So I'm actually really stoked about it, but yeah, I guess listen, uh, listen to it knowing that it's going to be a little different, but we, we worked real hard on it. And, uh, I think, I think people are going to like it though. I think so too. And I think it shows that you guys worked hard on it and, um, sounds good. looks good. Um, all the, you know, checks all the marks or um, checks all the boxes. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, so being that, obviously touring's off the table um you can't well yeah you're not playing any fucking shows i'd imagine i don't know what texas's deal is or massachusetts or you know whatever we, we know what i'm talking to trying to say um so yeah. <laughs> so when this comes out on november 27th like what are you looking for what are you looking forward to is it, is it just feedback or you know finally finally getting to let other people hear what you've been working on for so long yeah um definitely definitely that that's something we're looking forward to is the the feedback and kind of finally starting this uh next chapter of the band with me in it i mean i mean even even now i'm still seeing comments and and stuff of like where's tim what happened to tim i'm like <laughs> it, like i appreciate that you're checking out new stuff but it's i've been in the band for over two years like come on. <laughs> um you know uh so i'm i'm just i'm ready for people to you know dive into this next chapter with us and yeah i mean there's not a whole lot you can really look forward to other than feedback but it's we're still we're kind of setting setting ourselves up for when touring comes back and doing whatever we can to be ready when that time does come hopefully sooner than later but you know wait till it's wait till it's safe obviously we're not going to pull a pull a trap or a smash mouth you know and uh i mean no, I don't give a shit about traps, but no, I mean, and I'm not trying to talk shit about Smash Mouth either because I fucking like All Star, you know, and Shrek's great. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> gotta respect Smash Mouth. <laughs> hey man, just give respect where it's due. That's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> but we're not going to do any of that stuff. We're not, you know, we're going to wait till it's safe, and you know, if we can go overseas or something first, and you know, if that becomes a safe thing, we might start playing shows elsewhere first before we can play them in the states. But there's not an easy way to tell. Um, but we're just trying to set ourselves up the best that we can. And so are, so are any bands that are releasing stuff right now. It sucks because you want to be able to be on the road and promote your album, but it's just not in the cards right now. So that's why everyone's kind of turning to doing a live stream or whatever you can pull off. Yeah. And I, you know, I have a lot of these conversations and most people fall or are by now falling in the same category where it's, you can't sit on this shit forever. And uh, you kind of don't want to, you don't want to, you know, 
lose the opportunity to put the music out. Now that sounds weird, but like us as no, no. us as yeah, listeners I, are just fucking sitting here too, you know. So, all right, fine. Exactly, you sorry. can't you can't play the show, but we can still be listening to your records. So when you can play the show, we're ready and familiar. You know, mm-hmm. it's pretty simple. Yeah, exactly. But so you're, you, it gives it gives you time to sit on it and digest it and. Um, you know, from like a financial standpoint and like from a record label standpoint, yeah, like you'd like to be on the road pushing album sales and that kind of thing. But if you can't, you can't. And and in some way, if us giving the music out or any bands, you know, putting out new stuff during this pandemic and everything is helping some people take their minds off of it and be like, oh, good, there's at least new music I can listen to to take my mind off it. Then, hey, I mean, it's not a whole lot, but it's better than nothing. And I, I agree with you, you do kind of, if you sit too long, then you might lose your window. Um, you have to keep keep some hype going, and it's tough because uh, the band is usually taking some time in between each record, and especially now with a new singer, they you know we're constantly getting asked, you know, when's a new record? When's a new record? And if you're not touring, like, what do you have to post about? So yeah, it's it's a it's it's been of a struggle, but now it's now it's finally finally happening you know after after all this time and it's doing the best we can man well again 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 i think you guys did a good job with and you got you got a backing by pretty cool label e1 right and good fight two Mm -hmm. labels in there i know um i've had a lot of bands from e1 um over over the last couple years but uh a few Mm -hmm. recently and they're they're doing a really good job of uh of pushing especially with their their diverse and big label you know like you know there's the e1 heavy side but there's a whole bunch of other shit involved right. with e1 so uh anyway they they, yeah. they do a surprisingly good job for a label that size to push their smaller heavier bands and i think that's cool it is really cool yeah they're and they're actually really pumped about it they came out to uh the fair one of the farewell shows for tim a couple you know a couple of years ago like a few of the guys from the label wanted to see me kind of live in action and see uh what their what the feel was going to be like how they felt about and me how they felt about me but what they wanted to do for the next record to kind of give themselves an idea and right away they were all about it and then i flew out a few weeks ago to do some do some more media promo stuff and they drove down to new york and hung out at the brewery for a day while we did it and they're they're all just like really pumped everything's going really really well and they're all super excited so i'm grateful because it's it's kind of tough because it's you know you've got these like head you know head honcho guys from the label coming down to a lot of this falls on on me because i'm uh you know they're familiar with working with joe but they're like okay the new guy has to perform you know he's got to perform he's got to deliver and and they're all just like nothing but positivity from those guys and it's it's really gratifying so i'm I'm stoked that they're very on board and willing to be like now that we need to push this hard and so they're I'm glad that you noticed that too, I guess. Uh, but they're they're all about it. That's great, and and I'm glad to hear that everything. Um, I don't know. Everything sounds like it's going pretty fucking well for within the ruins and yourself. Um, all things, all yeah, you know, regarding the the band and the record, and uh, I don't <laughs> yeah. know about the rest of it. Hey, maybe maybe tonight it gets even better. I don't know. Remains to be seen. But um, hey, yeah. maybe, maybe. <laughs> heading, in the, heading in the right direction. <laughs> Only a couple of fucking months of lawsuits on the way, but you know, whatever. At least it'll be funny. Oh, yeah. All right, man. Hey, yeah, well, I I appreciate you taking the time to have this conversation. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. I had a lot of fun. Of Good course. To you. All right, dude. Hey, take care. Hey, you too, buddy. All right. Later, man. Radio Row with the Lions!
So there you have it. That was my conversation with Steve of Within the Ruins. That song there you just heard was a title track off of Blackheart called Blackheart. <laughs> Again, that record comes out November 27th. Go check out the music videos that we were talking about. Uh, I played both songs, uh, Deliverance and Blackheart. I don't know if there's a third one out yet or if that one's to come. I forget what he said. Uh, but yeah, be on the lookout for that. Check that stuff out. Um, just, go, go check out the whole E1 roster. Uh, there's a little something for everybody. There's uh, there's surprisingly underground stuff, and then there's like super mainstream stuff, and that's just all in uh, heavy music. I mean, we're talking like Ace Frehley to uh, Creeping Death. You know, we're t- you, you got Toxic Holocaust, and you got Crowbar, and you got uh, what else is on there? I forget what else is on there, but anyway, lots of good stuff. Sodom, you got Sodom. By the way, I mentioned or I put it out there on social media that one of the upcoming episodes, I'm going to have uh, Tom Angel Ripper from Sodom on uh, as well. Um, a lot of cool ones coming up. Also, um, there's uh, Brian Tatler from Diamond Head, the classic Diamond Head, Metallica's biggest influence. Well, that's my words, not theirs. Um, who else do I got coming up? I got Jordan from uh, Chicago hardcore band Karma, who's who really awesome. They got a new record coming out on uh, Flat Spot Records. Um, got a, a few other cool things in the work. Reserving dirt naps. Um, I got. I'm gonna talk to my my neighbor and friend Ricky Armolino one last time before the year ends out. He's been on every year, uh, so we're gonna set that up. He you might know him from uh, from a very popular band called Ice Nine Kills. Uh, he's also in, has his own band called Hawk. Uh, who knows when we're going to get that done, but we're going to do that. Um, anyway, lots of cool things on the way as far as podcasts go with uh, getting it out. I can tell you there's a rough date. You've heard me say this before, but there's a rough date of the week after Thanksgiving when gettingitout.net will be launching. So p- please keep an eye out for that. Uh, until then, just keep uh, listening to whatever the fuck I got going on here. I appreciate it. Uh, there's been some huge spikes um, in, in listeners recently. Um so big that it, that I think something was wrong. <laughs> like like it must have been there must have been a flaw. Uh, it must have been a glitch in the matrix because it was it was massive. Uh, the like <laughs> like un- unbelievably big. So it can't be real. But uh, but anyway, I appreciate everybody who listens. Everybody who checks it out. Everybody who shares. That's always most important for me. Um, I try to do what I can myself to spread the word. But that's that's tedious. You know, that's really it. It's just tedious. And to do it uh, for three years every Friday, to just go onto social media and share, share, share is a pain in my ass. So if you could do some of that for me, I'd appreciate it. If you got anything you want to say, anything you want to talk about, anything you want to ask, any suggestions, whatever. I don't, I don't know. You want to tell me which bands I need to talk about? I, I want to hear it. Uh, reach out to me anywhere. Um, the easiest way is to email dan at gettingitout.net or you can just go to one of the social media pages, the Facebook page, facebook.com slash gettingitoutpodcast or the Instagram at getting underscore it underscore out underscore podcast. Um, there's Twitter too, at getting it out pod, but I'm probably not going to see it. Don't check that too often. I Generally, I only go on there when I want to see what the fucking stupid uh, president is saying. And uh, that's that's about it. Um, but yeah, so um, that's, that's going to be it for this episode. I want to thank Steve again for coming on and having a cool chat. I enjoyed that one. Uh, and the new record, like I said, Blackheart, out November 27th on E1, is very cool. And you should check that out as well. So i got to end this with a song like I always do. And I already know what song I'm going to play because it's from a very cool band that I just became familiar with. But uh, I guess I'm a little late to the party. They're called Undeath. And they got a new record called Legions of a Different Kind out now on Prosthetic Records. This song, though, 
Uh, what's what's what song am I picking? This song is called Entranced by the Pendulum. And I think if you like death metal or heavy music of any kind, you'll enjoy Undeath. So check this out. Uh, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and most importantly, share. If you can give me a five-star rating on iTunes, you'll be my best friend. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.